This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. Sometimes I have to laugh to keep from crying. That's all I can tell you. I'm looking at these uh, this Twitter feed, which is amazing. It's just amazing how I, I don't know what I can believe anymore. There are these photos being circulated on the internet right now of John Fetterman, the senator, in a, you know, uh, apparently supposed to be in the hospital at Walter Reed Medical Center. And they're showing a picture of him that doesn't look like him. I mean, it looks kind of vaguely or remotely like him. And while I'm not really one to push conspiracy theories, I think they might have replaced him, (laughs) which is crazy. You know, everybody has a doppelganger. I think they found his and they replaced him. Or else he got a, a total head replacement. Man, he's got some good doctors. Total head replacement. Meanwhile, his wife and kids ran off to Canada. And, uh, you know, there's pictures of her fighting apartment. This is a crazy story. He's, a, he's, he's an interesting character, but I'm still trying to figure out how the people of Pennsylvania voted for him over Dr. Oz. Or voted for him over a, a, a parakeet. or any, any. I mean, I would have voted for... Uh, Kim Kardashian sooner than I would have voted for him. And then, you know, you have all the weirdos. The the left is full of weirdos. And and yes, I'm going to talk about the rally, but first I have to talk about the weirdos because I'm just really tired of them all. I don't watch The View, but The View manages to get itself all over the place. You know, there's always uh, sound bites or, or, or video bits from The View because they're really kind of nutty, you know. So one of the hosts on, uh, on The View is this Sarah Haynes. And so I guess that was on Friday. They were talking about the Florida principal who got fired for showing the, her class um, the David, the statue of David, by Michelangelo and you know he's naked you know so apparently that was uh, too much for some parents to take I mean it's art but whatever parents have a right to speak up it's adult art but I don't know Uh, uh, we have a statue of David in the church backyard that was my mother's and my mother must be like these people who are raising a fuss about the statue of David being shown to kids in school because my mother had a fig leaf made and plastered it over the poor guy's uh, wing-a-dang-a-doodle. And I can't get it off. It's like super glued on there. 
<laughs> but apparently that started this ruckus. And then The View co-host, Sarah Haynes, you know, was arguing on behalf of that. And she said, like, we're all born naked. Okay. She said, like, I put my lotions on. My kids have seen my body. My kids bathe together. So Sonny, Sonny Hostin, the lunatic, looks over at Sarah Haynes and says, your kids have seen your tatas? I, uh, this is on television, folks. Absolutely, Haynes responded without a smidge of hesitation. They ask if there's milk in there. And while she's responding, the camera cuts to an utterly nonplussed Hostin listening to how Haynes's children ask about her breasts. Wow. You know, I have some friends, and I must admit that they're nudists, and they think nothing about, you know, much about parading around the house naked in front of their kids. Uh, You know, I have known other mutual friends who've said, yeah, they'll answer the door naked, you know, even to like, you know, the the FedEx guy or the Amazon guy. And I don't, you know, I don't judge them. They're nudists. They they feel like this Sarah Haynes character that she, you know, she was born naked. You know, naked I came into the world, naked I will depart. That's what Job said. But uh, as for me in my house, we will wear clothes when we're <laughs> in front of my kids or grandkids. You know, I'm going out to see my grandkids for just a very short trip, the boys in San Francisco. And, you know, as soon as I get there, my daughter and her husband like hit the road, man. They they go get a, a room in, in the city and go to the shows and do whatever they want because, you know, they don't leave their kids with many people and so it's like vacation time and plus the boys and I prefer it if, you know, we could have two nights with no parents at home. I'm like one of the kids, right? Yeah, when they leave we can get ice cream and popcorn and we can watch movies, yay! You know, we'll, we'll all sleep in the same bed. But we will wear clothes. We will wear pajamas. And I'm not so sure that the older one is still going to be into that. But, you know, I, I don't judge people who do that kind of stuff, but but the, the FedEx guy, you know, the, the Amazon guy, that's a, a, a bit too much. I had a good friend for years who was a certified nudist and would go to these nudist colony, you know, I don't know what they were. They were camps, like, you know, nudist camps, right, where you'd go on vacation and everybody's walking around naked and you know, one day, and he happened to have been an extraordinary engineer. He was a radio engineer, and he was also an extraordinary photographer. And he did um, a lot of, you know, photography of, of people either scantily clad or in the nude, including pictures of me that weren't, you know, pornography, but that were, you know, sort of seductive and not a whole lot um you know, not a whole lot of clothes, but all the essential parts were covered up. And it's fascinating because one day, I guess because we were good friends, he said, well, let me show you some of the photographs. And I said, well, is that okay with people if you go into a nudist colony and you take pictures? And he goes, yeah, they're not, they don't care. <coughs> Excuse me. So I said, all right, I would love to see them. Wondering if everybody looked great, you know, without their clothes on. And much to my chagrin, but not to my surprise, a lot of people didn't look so great. And I'm at a stage in my life where I can, you know, tell you, I, I would be reluctant 
to parade around without clothes on in front of strangers. You know, it's one thing if you're married and you parade around without your clothes on in your house and your husband sees you, but I don't know. I just don't get it. But only on The View will you have two hosts basically arguing about how much nudity you should have in front of your kids. Like, is that the most important thing they could talk about? And is it even appropriate? I don't know. And then you have all these people who are rushing to the defense of TikTok. You know, it's amazing to me. AOC, I could have expected that. But now Jimmy Kimmel used two minutes of his monologue last week to basically, you know, um, stooge for the company. Now, I don't know if the app actually poses any danger to my country and to the national security, that's for Congress to decide. That's why they're having hearings. But what is not debatable is how he defended TikTok. He, he, um, first he noted that the both sides, it was a bipartisan effort to explore the banning of the app from the entire country. And you had the CEO Shu Chu was grilled for hours. I mean, I shared some of that with you guys last week. And, you know, you had congressmen from both sides saying, like, are you giving users' data over to the Chinese government? And, of course, he's going, no, 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 we would never do that. Well, in communist countries, you don't get to say no, no, no. If the government says, I want your data, they come and take your data. They don't even ask. You know, they just come and take it. So uh, I'm, I'm looking at this poor guy getting beat up by everybody in the, uh, you know, in the Congress on both sides of the aisle. I couldn't find a safe haven. You know? Like, you know, I'm sure he was thinking, well, I hope a Democrat asked me a question. But no, no, they were beating him up. Now, it's ByteDance, which is the parent company of TikTok, that admitted last year that its employees had stolen data from the TikTok app to spy on American reporters. That was in Mashable last year. And given all of that, there's definitely a cause for worry over this app. And nothing in China is technically privately owned. Even if ByteDance and TikTok say they are, the, you know, that's just impossible to believe. The communist government does and takes whatever it wants. So what made it even crazier, though, was how nothing else could have brought the Democrats and the Republicans together, <laughs> in my opinion, unless there were to be a declaration of war, you know, which it may be forthcoming. You know, I had some real serious concerns this weekend. Uh, I don't know how many of you watched uh, Life, Liberty, and Levin, but he had Gordon Chang on there, and they were talking about the real dangers and the depleted military, and I really got uh, a, a nervous stomach because there's alliances being forged right now that are not in the best interest of the United States of America. And everybody knows I am not much of a hawk. I, I do believe that we should um, do the right thing at all times. And looking at all the equipment we left behind in Afghanistan, that was also on Twitter this weekend. They recovered and repaired so much equipment, really, you know, equipment that should not have been left there. And even if it had been left there and we were told that it was inoperative or disabled or anything else, they just fixed it. 
And they put out on Twitter these photographs of lines of Humvees and tanks and and all these, uh, you know, um, heavy-duty machinery that the United States just abandoned to the Taliban. And I don't believe the Taliban's going to be using them for world peace, okay? So even that, even the the disastrous leaving in Afghanistan didn't bring Democrats and Republicans together as much as TikTok did. Because it is not just a harmless video sharing platform where you can talk about your feet and put filters over your face. Um, the, the fear is real. The Chinese government could order ByteDance to turn over all the information it has on us at any time. And if China figures out how to make spaghetti on a countertop, they'll be unstoppable. That's what Jimmy Kimmel said. So he, he minimized the importance. And he said, oh, you know, what, what, what happens on TikTok is only, you know, this, these dumb recipe things, which, by the way, I, you know, I, I know I see them on Reels, so I assume they do them on TikTok where some guy will show you how to make one pan uh, mac and cheese. But that's not what we're worried about. And I really don't know how TikTok operates. I don't have the app, and I, I made my husband take the app off of his phone, so I, I don't know how it operates. Uh, once in a while, somebody will send me an email, and there'll be a TikTok embedded in it, and I don't I, I delete. I'm afraid of it. You know, they convince me it's uh, you know it's not good. And so the idea that Jimmy Kimmel or AOC, who actually is a congresswoman, would defend China potentially mining data. Amazes me. Now, on Instagram, they do a lot of advertising on Instagram, way more than I had ever known before I actually had an Instagram account. And I got the Instagram account because if I want to see my grandchildren, pictures of my grandchildren on a regular basis, my kids don't send them to me. They post them on Instagram and then I have access to them. You know, I'm, I'm in there, whatever. They, I'm an accepted user, viewer, listener, whatever I am. And so I get to see these kind of cool videos and pictures, especially Derek. He's, you know, always posting, you know, these every day. He posts multiple videos of, you know, Carter running around with a bow and arrow or, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, Nixon, you know, reading a book. You know, he thinks they're the coolest thing on earth and he shows a lot of videos. So I enjoy that. That's why I went on Instagram. But I have noticed that I have now purchased three items on Instagram. Where is that data? You know, this is me worried about TikTok, and I bought, uh, you know, crepe erase on, uh, on Instagram and something else, some kind of gadget for my kitchen on Instagram. So where did that information go? Because you, you literally, everywhere I turn now, there's multiple advertisements for all of these skincare products that I'm sure I'm only being solicited for because I purchased one. So... You know, it's amazing to me that now we're singling out TikTok when it's probably happening on just about every app or platform that we're on on a regular basis. So, but at least, you know, I will say this about Jimmy Kimmel's rant and rave about it. At least he wasn't talking about how much he hated people like you and me. Because that's really gets to me. That's really trying my patience, right? I'm tired of these very successful Americans who, you know, think it's funny or fun to talk constantly about how they hate conservatives and they hate Donald Trump and they hate me. You know, they think that's really like kind of cool. 
I don't think it's cool. So, you know, at least Jimmy Kimmel is now talking about TikTok instead of talking about us. Don't forget to download our app, and it doesn't track you. Our app simply <laughs> gives you an opportunity to listen to our shows, listen to the podcast, um, join some of these contests. We have all kinds of contests. You have to register to win them, though. Um, we're giving away a DoorDash gift card to Tender Shacks, and we just have some cool stuff that you could be the first to get in your house if you have the 850 app. And you can, uh, again, just register for the contest right on the app. Or if you don't want to get the app, go to our website, 850WFTL.com, and enter the contest that way. I'm going to take a quick break. I will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. I try to avoid all of the insane conversations that are happening right now. We're still early in an election season. And yes, you know, I have my, my preference and I definitely don't m mitigate that. And I don't, um, and, and I don't want to argue about it. I really don't. Uh, you know, I think everybody is entitled to select their own candidates. Um, my job is to help you to understand what I think would be best. That's all. Uh, you know, you don't have to agree. You don't have to, uh, you know, uh, try to convince me that your guy is better than my guy. I'm just, you know, that, that it's so early in all of this to even be arguing the way we're arguing. And, and I'm not. I've given up the argument. You know, a lot of people allow um, these conversations that are taking place now to really disturb them, to steal their joy. You see, I can't. I watched the rally on Saturday uh, in Waco. Now, I didn't watch it live because I was actually at a fantastic um, performance in my community. They bring in all these like really good acts and I went to see a guy named Earl Turner, which was a phenomenal show, just absolutely phenomenal. And during the evening, um, we knew all the songs, so most people were singing along. And at one point, he noticed that my husband, who happens to have a magnificent voice, was singing. And he ended up bringing him up on the stage. You know, so much for my anonymity in the community, but that's okay. You know, and, and we had a wonderful time, but so I didn't get to see the rally in live time. You know, by the time I got home, I was too excited and too awake and didn't want to watch a rally. So I did watch it yesterday. And and it reminds me of the good and the bad when it comes to my candidate, right? The good is that he says so many of the things I'm thinking. The good is that he seems to have a very clear picture of where he wants to take the country if he is to get back into the White House. The thing is that he shows over and over again how he has a tremendous amount of support from regular grassroots Americans. And I'm a big believer that the elites have destroyed this country. Every time we give them power, they, they're on a fast track 
to diminish the real power of the United States. And as I said, I watched uh, Life, Liberty, and Levin last night, and it confirmed my worst fears. You know, we're on the brink of a proxy war. We're in a proxy war, but we're on the brink of an actual war with Russia and China. And nobody seems to be taking it seriously. The EPA gets an additional, you know, 13% in their budget, and the military only gets 3%. How's that going to work? What if there is a reason to fight? And now I'm watching what's going on in Israel, and my podcast will be addressing, my podcast that uh, drops today or tomorrow, will be addressing the insanity that's happening in Israel right now. You know, is Bibi going to blink? Israel's in chaos. He's inching closer to pausing the judicial overhead, uh, you know, legislation that was supposed to take place today. Apparently he made a deal with the far-right minister, Itamar Ben-Gvir, who had threatened to resign if the plan was suspended. So, you know, first he was going to suspend it, then he's not going to suspend it. So they're rocking and rolling in Israel as well, and they're constantly under the threat of annihilation. So I'm looking at them, I'm looking at us, and I'm thinking the bad guys have run amok. They're out of control. And I don't have a president who seems willing to, uh, you know, even address any of this stuff. You know, the the most you can get out of my president today is, uh, um, you know, uh, we got to get rid of uh, guns. We got to get rid of uh, hand braces, and we got to get rid of every kind of gun. And, you know, it's like the White House is chomping at the bit, hoping that there's another mass shooting just so they can, you know, sign another executive order and further restrict my right as an American citizen to protect myself and to protect my home and to protect my property. You know, goodness gracious. What about what's happening around the world? What about these alliances? You know, these countries that we had working relationships, like Saudi Arabia, for instance. I mean, it's definitely always been an arm's length kind of relationship, but but they were definitely an ally, and now not so much. You know, now China's providing this, and Russia's, you know, uh, uh, selling them oil. All of these um, changes that are not for the better. You know, the world is not getting safer as a result of China and Russia uh, doing a, a bossa nova together last week. You know, with Xi Jinping, you know, on his way out the door saying, like, hey, the words of everything's about to change. First time in 100 years. Well, what, what, what is it that has happened that allows this change to happen for the first time in 100 years? I'll tell you what it is. Joe Biden is the president of the United States. And the whole world, all the bad guys in the world, and even some of the not-so-bad guys are going like, hey, we're all on our own. So, you know, we're, we don't need America. America's useless to us. That's a very dangerous position for us. Because it's not just shutting down trade routes, which China will be able to do shortly. You know, they're at both ends of the Panama Canal. You know, China is building bases all over the world. And we're sitting around here, you know, talking about, uh, you know, should you be naked in front of your kids on The View? Or worse yet, you know, we're... Uh, we're condemning, like uh, my, my thought of the day is how Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, 
was condemning Israel for not allowing transgendered inmates to go into the, you know, the jail of their choice, whatever gender they declared they are, even if they're biologically uh, one thing or another. And Anthony Blinken is calling it a human rights violation, and we're picking on everybody, even our allies like Israel. And I'm thinking, does he not realize that in the United States of America, there are, you know, some pretty restrictive rules, and it varies from state to state. But overall, we do not allow um, male prisoners always to, you know, the only place where you're guaranteed saying you're a female to even though you have a penis, the only place you're guaranteed to go into a female jail is in California. And I rest my case, okay? For the most part, the penitentiaries are not, you know, transferring men into women's prisons because guess what happens when you do that? Women inmates get pregnant. Wow, what a surprise. Well, it does require that part that your transgendered want to be a female person still has. So, you know, Anthony Blinken is all upset that Israel is restricting the rights of transgendered people. Maybe some of it has to do with their faith and their morality. I'm I'm just guessing, but certainly for me, I'm not interested in using taxpayer dollars to do these experimental surgeries on men in prisons who want to be women or women in prisons who want to be men. You know, hey, you should have thought of that before you went to prison. I'm sorry. You know, and, and why do you even think about that? Why are people thinking about that all over the place? That's not to say that I don't believe there are occasionally are transgendered people. I think there are gender dysphoric people, but I don't believe the numbers. These are, this is crazy. This is like a, a, a fad. It's like bell bottoms. You know, uh, I, I'm going to wear this kind of jean. You know, uh, skinny jeans are in. You know, well, being transgendered is in. Come on, guys. We should know better. But we're pumping it into our schools. We're pumping it into little kids, little kids on television. You know, these transgendered characters on Sesame Street. Come on, man. We have ourselves to blame. You know, so so when Anthony Blinken wants to pick on Israel, meanwhile, you know what I say to Anthony Blinken? Oh, you know what? Turn back that transgendered person to the uh, Palestinian uh, people and uh, and watch what they do to the uh, to the gay and transgendered uh, LGBTQ community there. Oh, that's right, they throw them off buildings. But don't, don't point to that, just point to the Israelis not allowing them to have gender reassignment. You can't make this stuff up, you just can't. All right, let me take a quick break. You stay right where you are, I will be right back. The French president uh, had to summon all the government ministers for a crisis meeting because these strikes and protests against the pension reforms, this is insane what's going on all over the world. The world is on fire. And, you know, and, and they're talking about should you show your tatas to your children on The View? Not that I take The View that seriously, but it's just, it's, it's symptomatic of where we are, especially in this country, which is the one I'm most concerned about. You have all these people all over the world that are, you know, taking up positions against their own governments. You had protests in Israel. You have protests in France. Definitely have uh, uh, rallies and protests in America. And people are tired. You know, they were supposed to have, King Charles was supposed to be there today, right? And instead, 
Macron is meeting with his uh, senior lawmakers for crisis talks at the palace, you know, um, instead of, you know, hosting the King of England. It would have been, I think, the King's first trip. It's almost impossible for me to realize that, in fact, Queen Elizabeth is is dead and, and King Charles is the king. I don't know. I, I just, I guess I never expect. I thought she'd live long enough for Charles to pass and William to become the king. But it didn't turn out that way. And, you know, Charles looks like he's in pretty good health. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Prince uh, King Charles hasn't gone anywhere. And he was going to France, which isn't that far from Great Britain, and they had to cancel it because of all of these riots taking place. And why are they rioting? Because they want to raise the retirement age to still lower than our retirement age. They had 457 people were arrested yesterday. 441 police officers have been injured since this began a couple, you know, well, almost two weeks ago. Government spokesman Oliver or Olivier Varane called the, uh, the left party, the left-wing firebrand Jean-Luc Mélenchon. Oh, I think I said that right. Anyway, they called his pa- him and his party profiteers of anger, while the Green Party lawmaker Sandrine Rousseau accused Macron and Interior Minister Gerald Darmanin of stoking the unrest. So, y- you know, we're so laser-focused on what's going on in Washington, D.C., that we have taken our eyes off the fact that the world is on fire. Everywhere I looked over the weekend, all of the different um, news stories, international news stories, there, there's chaos. You know, looking at all the, the heavy machinery we left behind in Afghanistan, you know, is anybody going to cover that story on the mainstream news? Probably not. You know, they're probably not going to want to mention the fact that uh, we armed the Taliban when we left. You know, and I love when the, you know, Millie or, or, or the uh, Secretary of Defense, Austin, will say, well, those were all disabled. Apparently not. Uh, you know, the, uh, the, the guys who you left them in their hands figured out how to start them and how to fix them. That's not that you know, hard to believe. Uh, America sometimes is so out of touch. There are people in other parts of the world who can fix tanks, you know, we're not the only ones. So don't leave them there. But they did. Then you got Cuba. Cuba's holding another one of these stacked elections. And the population is leaving Cuba in droves again. We don't talk about that, right? We talk about illegal immigration all the time, but we haven't been talking about the fact that people are literally fleeing Cuba again. They have blackouts there. They have crop failures. They have fuel shortages. And of course, what's left of the U.S. sanctions hammered the economy and their GDP is below the pre-pandemic level and very little prospect of things getting better. So what are the Cubans doing? They're doing what everybody does when things get that bad. They're leaving. This is, more people have left in the last three months. It's the biggest exodus since the Communist Party first took over 60 years ago. Nearly a quarter of a million Cubans were intercepted at the U.S. border 
in the 12 months that ended in September of last year, about 2% of the island's total population. And that's up more than 400% from a year before. Now, of course, the, the rules of entry have changed a little bit, very little bit. But the, the number of people being intercepted remains very high. I didn't even realize that the government, the president of Cuba, this uh, Diaz-Canel, he, he, he decided the best thing to do when people are hungry and people can't get medicine is to crack down on them. You know, um, instead of maybe, why don't you open up some opportunities for them to make some money and you know, get, put a private sector in, in effect. Uh, no, no, no. Instead, he just has them beaten in the streets. So they're fleeing. The government, the healthcare system, everyone's complaining about losing workers to them leaving the country. And now, of course, where is he going? He's heading to Russia and then to China. That's right. Well, where else are you going to go? If you're the little communist island off the shore of the United States, you got to go meet with the communists in Russia and the communists in China, right? Because you're going to need some help. Their economy has got to grow in order for him to be able to keep it from in, uh, Diaz, um, uh, in order for Diaz-Canal to keep some people in Cuba because you can't have a workforce if you don't have people. So he's going to meet with the, with the big guys. This is what's happening. The whole world is joining forces against us. And nobody in the government wants to talk about it. Instead, they are you know, worried about TikTok. I'm worried about TikTok too. Instead, they're propping up Zelensky. You know, I, I'm, I'm just about fed up with it. And I'm, I'm really fed up with the Levinites and everybody else who keeps telling me, well, but uh, peace through strength. It's too late. It's too late. If we were going to help the Ukrainians win, we missed the door, the, the window of opportunity. And now it's too late. I'm sorry. I wish it weren't true. I don't think the people deserve to, you know, be invaded like they were. But it's too late now. Maybe the Taliban will send them some tanks. I don't know. They seem to have a, a plethora of them that we left behind. And then, as if you weren't nervous enough, if I'm not making you crazy enough by actually sharing with you international news instead of just talking about Ron DeSantis and Don... Don uh, Donald Trump, the global population, which has steadily increased at a high rate for decades, where now the planet comes in somewhere around 6.4 billion people. That was in 20, 2003, right? Today, we just crossed the 8 billion population mark. So what does that mean? Is anybody paying attention to this? If a global society takes a giant leap in terms of investment in economic development, education, and health, the world population may very well peak at around 8.5 billion people by 2050. This according to scientists from the Earth for All Initiative for the Global Challenges Foundation. Now, I bring this up because what they're saying is that if we don't do something quick, 
the many of the very poorest countries which could actually break free from extreme poverty if we were able to control the population a little better won't have that opportunity or else there's going to be the giant leap and according to this possible sequence of events the world population will peak at roughly eight and a half billion by 2040 not 2050 now before dropping off to around six billion by the end of the century you know there are people who are studying these things they're talking about fertility rates Fertility rates are falling, of course, as girls get access to education and women are economically empowered and have better health care. Um, not all of them are raising children. So you got fewer babies being born. It's Elon Musk is always saying, like, people got to make babies. We got to make some babies. I get it. Because, you know, the world population, let me tell you, in sub-Saharan Africa, in China, People are making babies. That's why you need to be mindful about the fact that we are only going to put 3% increase into our military. We don't have enough money, and we certainly have turned a lot of people off from participating in an, a volunteer army. Of course, you know, especially with all this woke nonsense that uh, Lloyd Austin has introduced into the military. Right, So now we have all of these people being born everywhere but here. These are serious issues, and nobody wants to talk about them. You know, I, I watch television uh, for one hour a day, maybe. Um, sometimes maybe only one hour a week. So I do a lot of reading, reading rather. And I was the first person to say, hey, you know what? Our IQ scores have dropped in four out of five measurements. And, and then it was a week before I heard even one other person on anything. Now, if they had said it and I didn't hear it, you know, it's like a tree falling in the forest. But I, I'm convinced that the only people who bring it up are people like me who don't watch all that garbage, all that opinion stuff, and instead are actually reading these studies. They're available. You know, the the internet opened up a, a, a Pandora's box, but it also opened up a plethora of information, but you gotta go find it. And you can't find it if you're binge-washing Marco Polo. Ooh, I hope my husband wasn't listening. That's what he does on Sundays. But, you know, I'm, I'm reading. And you better start reading, because it's pretty scary. That's why, you know, I saw that one show this weekend, the Mark Levin show, and it was like, really scary. We're not, we're not ready. And, and they're getting ready. China and Russia are getting ready. Iran is getting ready. Now we're not saying, oh, well, we'll keep them from having a nuclear Now we're saying, well, we'll keep them from using a nuclear weapon, because we know they got it. That's pretty scary. It's real scary for Israel. So now with them being in this turmoil about judicial, you know, uh, all these judicial changes, uh, you know, Netanyahu's got a, he's in a bind. So there's fires all over the place and nobody's even sending a fire engine. And America, you know, we used to be the world's policemen, the world's firemen. Now we're just like hmm, passive observers. If you ain't scared yet, I don't know what will make you scared. How about this? Money is moving out of the banking system. 
I predicted that. The flow of dollars to money market funds for safekeeping, that's where they're going. Anyway, let me take a final break. Don't forget Dan Bongino comes up at 1 o'clock, Ben Shapiro at 4 o'clock, and then the WPTV News at 6. I think Michael Knowles at 5 o'clock. And then tomorrow morning, Jen and Bill will be back for the Tuesday edition of a South Florida morning show. I have one segment left today, so please don't touch that dial. I'll be right back. Well, Utah became the first state to enact legislation that restricts children and teens from using social media without their parents' consent. I'm just dying to know how you can actually do that. Although I must admit, I think it's a grand idea. Under the law that's due to take effect on March 1st of 2024, social media companies will have to instate a curfew for minors in the state, barring them from using their accounts from 10.30 p.m. to 6.30 a.m., which I assume is the time when there's most, uh, the lack of supervision, right? Um, Let's see, it also requires companies to give a parent or guardian access to their child's account. Ooh, Adults will also have to confirm their ages to use social media platforms or they'll lose account access. The proposed legislation comes as experts and policymakers around the country are warning about the mental health consequences social media may have on young users. Youth rates of depression and other mental health issues are on the rise because of social media companies. As leaders and parents, we have a responsibility to protect our young people. This is what the uh, um, the people who are promoting this, Governor Spencer Cox, who, who's in Utah, is saying. Ari Cohn, a free speech lawyer for Tech Freedom, said last week that the the bill violates the First Amendment and threatens to fragment the Internet. And he argued that the governor shouldn't sign bills that force social media users to provide ID showing their age and for minors parental consent. Well, why not? If I go into, uh, you know, the supermarket, into Publix, or if I go into Walmart and I want to buy a bottle of wine, I have to show my ID. I'm 69 years old. I don't think anybody mistakes me for a teenager anymore. But I still have to provide my ID. That's the law. So why, why would we say that social media companies are being abused by not allowing minors to have access to things that could, we now know, really damage them and cause serious mental health issues? See, I, I, I'm okay. I'm okay with some of this. When it comes to children, our primary purpose is to, uh, is to take care of them, to, to safeguard them. And we do a lousy job. We, we just do. We allow uh, movies and, and television and, and social media to convince them of things that we don't believe in. And so I don't have a problem with Utah doing this. I really don't. I, I hope, I'm sure Ron DeSantis is considering it as well. <laughs> That'd be right up his, uh, right in his wheelhouse, as they say. And that's okay with me. I, I, at this stage in my life... Um, I, I want to protect children because I, I see everybody everybody allows children unlimited access to things that are hurting them, really hurting them. 
you know, uh, we've struggled for generations. My generation, indeed, struggled with body image for girls, right? You know, it was always like, first we all had to look like Twiggy, who, who was a, literally looked like a twig. And then, you know, uh, we all had to look like Marilyn Monroe. And then, you know, we had to look like Jackie Kennedy. It, it, we had all these various body images that we were told were the best. And ours seldom, if ever, matched up, right? So we went on ridiculous diets, and we added, and look at the Kardashians. You know, they, they put fillers where I didn't even know fillers could go. And that's why I say there are just, it's, we, we've got to take control of what our kids are looking at and seeing and how they're being affected by it. You know, I, I, can't, I can't control every aspect of a young person's the imagery that a young person is going to be confronted with in life. But I certainly think that restricting their use of the internet between 10.30 p.m. and 6 a.m. isn't really asking too much of these social media companies. And whatever we can do to sort of make sure that children are at least supervised when they're in front of these screens, you know, we, we feed them. You know, I think that's ridiculous that we have to provide them with lunch and sometimes with dinner too, breakfast all the time. You know, I think that's ridiculous, but I understand. We don't want them to be hungry. They can't learn when they're hungry. So I get that. But I don't get why I have to allow them to, uh, you know, be on TikTok in the middle of the night or be on a website in the middle of the night because nothing good happens in the middle of the night. My mother, or actually it was, it was my father, always used to say to me when I, he would tell me, you have to be home by a certain time. And I would say, oh, but nothing happens, you know, until after that. And he'd say to me, nothing good happens after dark <laughs> in the street. And that's, you know, I, I think he was right then. I know he's right now. So I thank you for your time this time until next time. My plan is to be back here tomorrow at noon if it be his will and he delays his coming what lies behind us and what lies ahead of us well those are tiny matters compared to what lies within us so wherever you are just be yourself and as for all of you people who are frustrated because all your friends keep saying why did Donald Trump keep beating up Ron DeSantis you know fasten your seat belts if Ron DeSantis jumps into this race which I doubt he will it'll be a bumpy ride God bless you and God bless the United States of America see you tomorrow the Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.